0: Do you feel stuck? Has your podcast stopped gaining new listeners? Do you wish your community was more engaging? I know that a lack of engagement can make you feel like nobody cares about your podcast or nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but in most cases, that's simply not true. It's more likely that your loyal listeners just haven't found you yet. Your artwork, your titles, your descriptions haven't done enough to catch their eye. Now, I'm not here to sell you on an easy button. There will be some work involved. But the first step is to get another experienced set of eyes on your project. It can be difficult to objectively examine and evaluate your own work. So head over to thepodcastersguild.com and book a podcast audit. From there, we can work together to make sure your loyal listeners are able to find your show and understand why this is the show they've been looking for. Join me at thepodcastersguild.com and we'll get started today.
1: I actually heard this from uh, eric newson when he was on uh, buzz what was he, he was on buzz sprouts or buzzcast last summer he said go into the interview with a plan but be willing to throw it out the window and i really like that phrase
0: podcast better is for you the podcaster or soon to be podcaster who has a business a cause or a hobby that you're passionate about Each week, we'll take a closer look at the mental, physical, and technical skills necessary to produce a quality show that your fans will want to listen to. Thanks for sharing part of your day with me so that we can podcast better together. Welcome, 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 fellow podcaster, to another episode of Podcast Better. Today, my guest is Jonathan Colleton. He is the host of the Career Crossroads podcast. It's a fantastic podcast that I listen to every week. On the show, Jonathan takes you on a journey with his guest to discover how they got from point A to point B, with the expectation that it's never a straight path. There are many crossroads. As a listener, you get a behind-the-scenes look at the guest's career path. You get to hear their origin story. And even more importantly, you get to hear the why behind the decisions that they make. But today, I'm not interested in Jonathan's origin story. I want to find out how he manages to conduct consistently good interviews. So let's see what he has to say. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. I'm glad to have you here today.
1: Thrilled to be here. It's so nice to show up on a show after hearing so many of the episodes.
0: I'm glad (laughs) glad to have you as a listener. Always glad to have my listeners on the show because they're typically podcasters. And not only does that mean they have equipment, but... I get to see where they are in their journey and what's going on too. Today, I brought you on the show for a little bit different reason. Like I have a very specific reason I brought you on the show. And that's because I listen to your show regularly. And one of the things I hear from many, many of your guests, and I'm so glad you never edited this out, but when you ask them questions, a lot of times they get a response like, "That, that was a very unique question, or that was a very insightful question. And on top of that, I've always liked how you handle yourself during an interview and the questions you ask. And I appreciate those questions as well. So I want to talk to you about that because I feel my interview skills could use some work and I feel a lot of other people are in the same boat. And so I want to know what you're doing that makes your guests appreciate your questions so much. So first question, how do you prepare for an interview?
1: So I I have a fairly standard set up for preparing for interviews. And uh, I think the the really important part where I should start is that I don't just interview anyone. When I came up with a concept for my podcast, I came up with a list of people that I thought, these are people I know who would be good for the type of content I'm looking for. And early on, I wanted to interview people I had relationships with because I, I thought it would make for a better listening experience when there's already that sort of established relationship, that banter. And and as I went on, when I started to to interview other people, people I didn't know, I realized I needed to prep them a little bit for my interviews to make sure that when they when we started recording, it was as good of a quality as it could be for an interview. And uh, and so there's a little bit of pre work. So I I send all my guests a uh, email in advance, and it basically gives them the first three questions I'm going to ask, and it asks them to consider the chronology of their career and why they may have changed jobs over time because really that's the topic I delve into and beyond that I really just ask questions based off what I hear from my guests and I think that's I think that's really what makes the interview uh, engaging I, I go in with I actually heard this from uh, Eric Nuzon when he was on uh, Buzz what was he, he was on Sprouts or Buzzcast last summer he said go into the interview with a plan but be willing to throw it out the window and I really like that phrase. And I, I read his or I listened to his book as an audiobook after that. And I don't know how much of what else was in there stuck with me, but I think I just sort of picked up things over time. That it'd be interesting to see what I say during this interview because I'm not even sure I know all the time, you know, what I'm doing. And and that's not to say I think I'm some extraordinary interviewer or anything like that. But I think just enough practice doing things like interviewing people just leads you to come up with unique questions. And and I've had a lot of experience doing that in my life. I think with the jobs I've had, they've really led to having a lot of practice interviewing people.
0: Okay. So that that's very interesting, actually. So you've only been podcasting for how long?
1: A little over six months now. I started my current podcast back in September 2020. And for a period of about four or five months prior to that, I had a podcast that I ran for my job, actually. So I actually got paid to practice before I launched mine, which was a pretty good thing to have happened right when uh, the pandemic started.
0: That definitely comes in handy. Mm -hmm. But you were talking about getting to interview people for your job as well. Was that just for the podcast you were doing or actually a different part of the job?
1: No, for uh, for all different parts of my job over the years. So I work in student affairs at a university and I've done that for as long as I've been in, in the workforce for about eight years now, since I graduated a little more than that. And part of that job has always been supervising student staff. And when you're selecting students to to do a position at the university, there's always a lot of competition for that. And so there would be years of my life where I've probably done 60 interviews over a three month span. To find out if a student was right for a specific job, and not just one student, but, you know, we're <laughs> yeah. many, many,
0: not, 60 w- interviews. Wow, that's uh, yeah. that's quite the job for a student.
1: Sixty-step process. Uh, no, but we'd have you know I'd have a twenty-person staff team, and so I have to pick ten students to do this job and ten students to do this job, and uh, maybe I'm interviewing forty students for those roles, and you do that a couple times a year, and over time, you just get a lot of experience interviewing people, and when you interview people, you have to learn how to read people. Um, And I think, I think that's sort of what leads to deciding where you want to go next in the line of questioning, because in any job interview, you've got questions that you want to ask someone because you want to know certain skills they might have that allow you, that will allow them to do the job. But maybe they say something that piques your interest. Maybe they have a story from some previous job experience you want them to tell. And so you have to deviate from your, your plan Mm -hmm. and, and ask about that because it's gonna give you some insight into into who they are and whether or not they have the right not just skills, but temperament, emotional response in certain situations. You have to figure out if they're the right fit in more ways than just skills. And so the amount of the amount of interviews I think I've done has has really just helped me as as I've gotten into podcasting.
0: So is it safe to say that when you go into these interviews, you don't have a set set of questions that you're going to ask them just straight down the line, one, two, three, four, and then you're done. Like, yeah, you, you do. you just have a starting point and go off of there or you just go in blind kind of almost.
1: I have a starting point. I always start with when you were 16, tell me what you were like, mm-hmm. what influenced you, where did you live and kind of what led you to want to do whatever it is that you did after high school. Um, because in a career specific podcast, I think knowing the decision post grade 12 or, or the equivalent in whatever country my, my interviewee is from, everybody's got that similar experience up to that point. But beyond that, people have such a variety of experiences that it's, on the one hand, it's hard to actually plan for what to ask them. But I think you have to wait to see what they say before you can really know where you want to go next. And and there is a general, you know, set of eventually i'm just going to ask and what happened next i know that's going to come up at some point in every interview because everybody talks at a different pace as i'm interviewing them and and some people are going to kind of finish off uh, a thought at a point where there's not really anywhere to go and so i think accepting that and knowing that you don't have to get lost in trying to find some really unique question but then when you find that opportunity you find that place where you really get to dig in on something jump at it and and don't let them just move on to the next thing figure out what about that choice that they made? And in my case, I'm I'm asking about the choices they made. So what about that choice was impacted by family or by friends or by location? Or there's so many different factors that I I can ask about. And usually they've tipped their hat about one or two of them during the interview. So I get to think back to the things they've said so far and think about what they've just said and think, is there a way I can connect these things? Or do we just move on to the next thing because there's nowhere else for me to go?
0: Okay, so when you are in the middle of the interview, do you find that it's easy to come up with these questions on the spot? In your mind does it feel like the questions you ask different guests are similar or are they do, do they feel very unique to each guest?
1: I think for me they do feel similar because I'm I'm gearing towards a specific thing, right? I want to know about their career and why. And there are different X's and Y's for each person. There's a a different city, a different job, a different family. But overall, what I'm looking for is to talk about the same thing and just how they've experienced that thing. So I'm, I'm looking at from A to B, what was the journey between A to B, but everybody's got an A and B. And so I know where we are, and I know we're going to somewhere, and it's it's what happens in the middle that I guess is different for every person, but it's all leading towards the same thing, so to me, the questions do seem similar, except for when someone says something so unique that I've not kind of heard before, and I want to dig into that, then you know you got to go off the board totally and, uh, and and that's where you get some really interesting answers though because it's it's each individual's unique experience that I'm looking for, and so the the opportunity to dig into some topic that we've never discussed before, and and hear about how they themselves experienced that part of their life, you're going to get such varying answers. And I really think it's not necessarily that my questions are so unique. It's the people I'm talking to are purposefully unique. And, and so what you hear from them makes the questions maybe sound better because they have really good answers. But I think maybe that's what it is.
0: And very well could be. I I, 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 mean, I love listening to the show, though, and like you said, I, it is the people's answers that make your questions kind of unique, and, and that, that's an interesting twist on things. But I'm curious, when you're sitting there listening to your guest, what are you doing during the interview? Because I think this is something that a lot of people have trouble with, especially if they're new to podcasting and they haven't done interviews before, is that kind of multitasking. Most people are either, well, I can either be sitting there planning my next question that I already have written down while they answer this one, or I can be intently listening to their answer and then they're done answering and I don't have a next question prepared, or I can be like taking notes and only half listening. Like, where do you fall on that spectrum? And, and, And like, do you have any best practices?
1: Yeah, I for me it's very much I have to be there and be present in the moment and and listen to them. My kind of number one tip is active listening. You have to listen to what they're saying because if you don't if you miss something then you could miss an opportunity to dig into a great topic that that is it makes, you know, an amazing promo quote for that episode or 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 it makes a great story for your audience. And so when I started, I thought I would take maybe notes during the interview and I quickly I found I would have a notepad there and I wouldn't touch it. And I've gotten to the point where I have nothing in front of me, but the screen I'm looking at and my webcam and my mic, and I just listen to what they're saying. And that doesn't mean there aren't moments where I space out a little bit. And I've, it's funny. I was just editing an episode the other day and I was listening to a part and I was like, when did she say that? I don't know. <laughs> and clear, clearly I spaced out a little bit, but
0: the recording know, doesn't lie.
1: Yes, exactly. So it's it's interesting, right? I can listen to my own interviews and be like, oh, wow, I learned something new today, even though I'm the one who was there for the recording. So I've really realized you just have to sit and listen, because that's how you're going to figure out what you want to ask next. I don't have any, like I said, I don't really have any prepared questions beyond my first couple. And so if I don't listen to what they say, I don't know where to go next. I view it as very much what I'm trying to get the, this person to do is tell a story. And you know, on the one hand, I've got an audience who might be listening and I want them to enjoy it, but I do this because I want to enjoy it too. I want to hear from them what their story has been. So I need to know what I want to ask next, right? I can't just sit back and hope that when they finish up this section of, of what they're telling me, I'll just figure something out. No, I have to do, I have to be listening. I have to, to know where they've been going and and I think also be able to be able to call back on previous parts of the interview, if needed, because sometimes I I notice similarities between something they said before and something they said now. And I want to point that out because I want to get their take on that, particularly because I've realized that until someone tells you their own career story, a lot of people have never really thought about it. And they won't ever see those links, those similarities that you as an outsider can see. And, And when I pick up on that, and I ask them about it, I think that's often where I get those those comments you're talking about where they're surprised almost about what I've linked together. But to me as an outsider, it seems so obvious. And and I'm I'm sure that people listening to it afterwards hear the same thing. I'm sure they think, oh well they said that before about how their dad influenced them this way. And now they did the same thing. And you know, it's it's like foreshadowing or uh, when you're watching a TV show, you hear yeah. something early on and then later you're like, oh, just like that happened before. Not everybody sees that about themselves. So it's my job to try and just link those things to hear what that individual has to say about what me and anyone else who might be listening is probably
0: hearing. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that you're right. It explains a lot of why the people in the moment that you're interviewing feel the way they do and make those comments that, I mean, that's a very astute uh, observation on your part there. And I, wow, I've got some work to do in my own interviews, I think, but
1: well, practice as I it's like, it's practice. That's it, going to, it is, that's to get it is. I
0: mean, you have what, 10 years ish of practice, five to 10 years. And I mean, I like to, feel, I feel that I have been podcasting for a significant amount of time, but In all reality, it's only about six years, and most of that time was not with guests. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, you know, I think I think what makes it easy too to you know if there's like a specific skill you wanna you wanna pick up on, like I recognized early on that I wasn't honing in on the why question as much. I was I was going too far into just tell me how you got from A to B, how not why, and I recognized that in myself, and I I would have to challenge myself. Okay, in this next interview, make sure. You you hone in more on on the why, and from the moment I think I realized that pretty early on, and I recall when I was editing my ninth episode was the first time when I I heard it and I said to myself I was like okay that was better like I probably had eight episodes where I it all felt the same, and then I I really wanted to be active in trying to make a change, and then and then on my ninth episode I I tried and at the end i felt better about it and and so it's like anything else as long as you you're working towards it and you're working towards this is how i'm going to approach it the next time i interview someone i think you'll you'll see results it doesn't take all that long but you really have to think about it it's not just something that you can wing and just figure it out as you go like you really have to have to focus on making a change in the way that you do this individual thing and and it's been for me, the questions were one thing, and then trying to remove my ums and likes and things like that from the interview uh, mm-hmm. is another thing. I started to focus on more, uh, and thank God that I can edit everything afterwards because I'm definitely not perfect in that regard. And and understanding in the interview that like you can screw up, you can make mistakes, and editing will fix a lot of that.
0: So it certainly can,
1: absolutely. I can edit out anything and make it sound a little better. I always want to maintain the integrity of the interview. I always want it to sound the way that my guest answered the question. And I always say to them, I I will make you sound better, but I will never change what you've said. With the rare occasion of, you know, I give them kind of 24 hours. If you want me to cut out a section, let me know. But I've almost had nothing I've had to, to cut out. Most people, if they're willing to say it, and a recording they probably feel it and they're not going to change their mind afterwards so yeah it's it's just something that i think you work at and you just get better at but it's not just one of those the more i do it, the better i'll get at it there's some of that but it's like what does working at it really mean you have to actively think about what you're trying to do and think about the steps you need to make to change that or else it's just you know so many hours of something doesn't make you an expert I know they say 10,000 hours does, but it's 10,000 <laughs> hours of actively trying to get better at something. It's not just yeah. doing something for 10,000 hours. I can tread water for 10,000 hours. It doesn't make me a better swimmer. It just means I can tread water.
0: I'm glad you brought up the the idea of filler words as well, because that's exactly where my mind went when you mentioned that. And I, I think you're going to agree with this, but I want to double check. Y- you didn't necessarily pick up on what you needed to fix in the moment while you were doing the interview it was during the editing process, correct?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Sometimes during the interview, I'm just having too much fun and I fall into what a normal conversation that isn't being edited for other people is going to sound like. And everybody probably sounds a little less formal around their friends than they do when they're recording their podcast. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that was something that I recognized pretty early on, particularly because my early interviews were all friends of mine. And so I realized it was very, very casual and I want the casual. I want it to feel like this isn't some, some interview. This is a conversation where I want to know something and you're telling me about it, but, but I'm going to chime in here and there with my own thoughts, my own stories related to what you're saying. I don't want it to be, you know, question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, but I've got to find that balance where it's also not so casual that it's, like every other podcast with three buddies hanging out talking about stuff, I need to find the right balance. And I think that was important to me because I want there to be an educational aspect to what I'm doing. I want people to actually, I want them to hear the interviews and hear the lessons I try to pull out of them at the end and think, I learned something today, something I I didn't know before, or something I, I knew but never really recognized. And so I have to find that balance of, making it really casual that it's just super relaxed and easy for people to listen to, but formal enough that there is a sort of authority to it. It's probably the best way to put it.
0: It makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Like I was saying with the filler words, like that, that goes back to episode three of podcast better. When I, when I talk about my experience and there's a little clip of my first podcast a guest appearance ever. And I always say, I think the host of that show for not editing that show because it made me realize very, very quickly how many filler words I use. And that is that first appearance is what spurred me on to fix that problem and get better about it. And you're right. It it wasn't just something that was going to happen by itself. It was something that I needed to actively work on. And I did over my next few guest appearances because I didn't start my own podcast for a few years But I was a recurring guest on that same podcast over and over. And so I got to hear myself improve over time. And so that was a a very useful thing for me. But that's not something everybody has. But that's why I also recommend too, when you're just getting started out, sit down and record something, even if you don't release it, sit down and record something so that you have something to listen to. And that's also why I would say for your first few episodes, at least whether or not you are doing the actual editing. You should be listening to them so you can hear these things that we're talking about here. Whether it's yeah. your filler words or improving your interview skills or whatever. You need to hear yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I I definitely did that. And and maybe it was listening to you that that made me do that. I'm not really sure. I I did a lot of research before I started career crossroads. I wanted there I wanted it to start and be good from the beginning. And I didn't want to. To listen to one of my first episodes a year later and be like, oh my God, how did I? I can't believe that that's what it sounded like. And and maybe, you know, I haven't gone back and listened to any. So maybe, maybe I will think that anyway. But I was trying to make an effort early on to at least have them sound like I knew what I was doing. And something else I want to say about filler words is, and I'm sure you would agree with this too, that they do have their place, particularly when I remove excessive filler words, but if there is a moment where you can tell that someone needs a second to think and there's a filler word in there, you got to leave that in. You, you want to let, I want it to be realistic. I want people to understand that exactly like what I'm doing now, where it takes me a second to to think about what I'm going to say next. Like that's a normal human thing. And and that's going to happen when you're interviewing people. And like, I, I don't want it to come across as this like super polished interview, I want it to be, like I said, a conversation that's, that feels like two real people talking about something real, something tangible that you can understand. And you can think like, I could, I could know those people. I don't want it to, to come across as some super produced thing. And, and so you've got to leave in some things like that. You've got to, you've got to leave a bit of air for things like that because they can improve the, the interview that someone's listening to.
0: All good points, all good points, Jonathan. But with that, I think we're going to start wrapping things up a little bit here. Do you have any last words of advice for people, particularly getting into podcasting, or honestly, anyone who needs to interview someone, whether it's a podcast or for a job or anything? What, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, I would say that on top of you having a plan and feeling comfortable going into that interview what's really important that I haven't really touched on is you need your guests to feel very comfortable before they go into that, that interview. A lot of people, you know, there's 7 billion people on this planet and I know there's 1.4 million podcasts, but that means most people have never done a podcast interview. So you want them to feel as comfortable as they can. And in my experience, almost everybody I've interviewed, particularly early on, more recently, I've been interviewing podcasters, much like you, because I know they have a mic. And so I want good quality sound. But so many of them have never had to sit down and just talk in front of a screen, in front of a mic before. And so I try to give them as much prep as I think will will help them to feel confident so that when they go into that interview, they forget that we're recording something that for someone else to listen to later. They think it's just a conversation between us and they're telling me their story And I'm asking questions because I want to know about their story. And one of the ways to do that, I I mean, I talked about uh, an email. I send them in advance. But the other thing is I never jump right into the interview. If I'm using an online recording platform like this or if I was recording in person, like has happened a very small handful of times given what's going on the last year or so. There's never a, oh, you're here. Okay, sit down. Let's go. There's there's. Banter, just hanging out with whoever I'm with, and just talking to them, and and doing a lot of the same things that you did. Frankly, when I got here, which is which is explain. You know, silence is good. If, I can edit out silence, and silence has a place, so don't feel like you're losing Don't spin out of control if you don't have something to say. Pause, think about what you want to say, and then we'll record it. And and I can edit out anything. And make it sound like a, co- uh, a cohesive conversation, like it, it's flowed the whole time. And everyone's going to think you're super eloquent at the end of this. And I will make you sound better than than you probably thought you sounded during the interview. And and just letting them feel really comfortable, knowing that if they screw up a word, okay, pause. And like I've I've done a couple times probably as we've been recording here, pause. You know, clear your throat, grab a sip of water, then come back start talking again. And, and don't worry about what you might think of as a mistake, because it's not a mistake. This is, this is audio. No one will ever know that I stitched two clips together. They'll never be able to tell. Some people will be able to tell maybe, but most people are never going to know. It's so, a
0: very small percentage of people who will know.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And so I think making your, your guest comfortable is the best thing you can do to help with having a quality interview Beyond knowing what your topic is and knowing how you're going to find out kind of the answers to your questions.
0: That's that's a great way to phrase it. I like it right there. Believe it right Perfect. there. Amazing. So Jonathan, if people want to hear what you're working on, if they want to follow you, if they want to talk with you online, where can people get hold of you?
1: Sure. So CareerCrossroadsPodcast.com is my podcast website. Uh, on there, there's links to all the social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest is a new one for me, so I'm going to see how that turns out. and that uh, there's con- a contact page on there so they can get in touch with me through that if they want.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you once again for being on the show today, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk again soon.:
1: Absolutely, glad to be here.
0: And that's the story. That's how you get a great interview. The short version, it takes practice. But as Jonathan said, it's not just 10,000 hours of treading water. You need to actively be trying to get better at what you're doing after you conduct an interview. Make sure you go back and listen to it. Figure out one thing you want to improve and focus on that in your next interview. Repeat this process every time and before long, you'll be conducting interviews on a whole new level. Thank you once again to Jonathan for joining me on the show and be sure to check out the Career Crossroads podcast. You can find links down in the show notes. That's all I got for this week. We'll talk soon. If you're starting a podcast soon, you're going to need a podcast hosting company. For that, there's only one company I recommend buzzsprout buzzsprout has a clean user-friendly interface their system is set up to walk you through every step of the process you need to set up your podcast but if you ever get stuck i'm more than happy to help you out buzzsprout also has the best customer service i've ever experienced so even if i'm unable to help rest assured that your problem will be handled you can try buzzsprout free for 90 days to see what it's all about by using my affiliate link just go to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout that's thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout if you use that link and choose to upgrade to a paid plan buzzsprout will even send you a 20 dollars amazon gift card after your second paid month it's a win for everybody let me know if you have any questions but head on over to thepodcastersguild.com slash buzzsprout today and i can't wait to see what you create